Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney every week. Me, Andrew Levins, and her, Siobhan Coombs. Uh-oh, her mic's not on. Oh, no. you got to turn it on at the switch. Like that? Pretty easy. You would hey. think after however many hundred episodes we've done, you would know that. But I digress. We come to you live every week from King's Comics, 403 George Street, Sydney. Nailed and, it. And uh, courtesy of the many comics that they uh, provide us with for the show, we review all of last week's comics and uh, let you know which are our favourites, the ones that you should definitely jump on top of ASAP and read, maybe. Maybe. Um, and, as long uh, as you buy them, I'm okay with it. Usually we read between 30 and 50 uh, single issues a week, and if for some weird reason that's not enough, we are now every single week recording a very special post-show in which we record, uh, review, sorry, uh, some other comics that we've read throughout the week before um, we picked up all of the new comics for the week last week. Um, I read two graphic novels, and so at the end of this episode, um, we will be doing a post-episode in which uh, we review, well, I'll be talking about the new Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips book, Uh, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. And um, I'll also be talking about volume two of the uh, manga written by Gengaro Tagame, my brother's husband. Nice. I'm very uh, jealous of both of those because I haven't gotten to read either of them you yet. Should, you, should, you should fix that ASAP. And my review is only going to make it more desirable. Excellent. I can't wait. <laughs> what I'm going to be talking about, about um, two comics by the Norwegian uh, comic book creator, Jason. Oh, great. So I'm not super familiar with his work, but I've read two graphic novels recently, so I thought I'd chat about them. I read um, Left Bank Gang, which is an older one of his, um, and On the Camino, which is the first sort of uh, autobiographical comic that he's done. Yeah, that's a definite black hole in my comic book reading repertoire. So He's looking, good. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Uh, so if you want to hear us talk about even more comics this week and every week, all you need to do is head to our Patreon and support us at the $5 a month level um, over at patreon.com slash Podcast, and that immediately gets you access to all of the posts shows and bonus material that we've recorded in the past plus every single week we'll be doing a post show episode post episode show um, in which we review graphic novels and trades and older comics uh, just to spice things up a little bit so uh, yeah head over there support us and of course uh, all the money goes towards us being able to do that in the first place making yep. time to record to, to uh, read and record about comics uh, each week yeah, think of it like um, a virtual kiss on the bonce as a thank you a bonce on the bonce yeah you know do you do you no, say bonds? I'm not, I'm not as Irish. So my dad as you. calls head. Yeah. Kiss on the bonds. K O B. I thought it was like, a, like another word for butt. 
Nah, nah, nah. Buns. Head. I think you said buns Gee whiz. No way. No kiss on the buns. Uh, well, anyway, I want to thank uh, everyone that has given us a kiss on the buns uh, over <laughs> on our Patreon because we got, an, we got a nice big spike last week. Ah, after, thanks, after guys. The first, uh, the first week. That's very uh, kind. Last week, what did we talk about? We talked about um, uh, uh. An, an image book called The Pervert and yep. um, uh, a book called My Boyfriend is a Bear. Oh, yeah. And I talked about Concrete by Paul Chadwick. Yeah. And um, something else. Uh, that one something by the guy who good. did Bone. Yes. Razzle, Razzle by Jeff Smith. There you go. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a cool way for us to delve into weirder things that we normally that you know don't really get the single issue treatment. Yeah, it's nice being able to talk about things that aren't just new. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, even though everything I've talked about so far has been new, but you just I, like I, new I, I have a crazy back catalogue of things that I'm now going to you know dedicate time to. So yeah, nice. Yeah, looking forward to doing that again. It's Patreon.com/slash/SeriousIssuesPodcast, and thanks so much to everyone that has uh, either supported us in the last week or from the beginning. Those are the best people of all. They're my favourites. Uh, so we begin every show by talking about all of the new issues last week. And this week, Marvel put out fucking ten number ones. Like, just so I many. I did not read all of them. That wasn't there ten. Was 10 it was, it was, was too it many. It was a lot. Um, I read six. I think, I think it put out six. But six is a, a lot. It's a, it's a baker's ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about, uh, I guess, the, the highest profile one that everyone's talking about for right reasons, too. I'm so glad that people are talking about it. In her first uh, solo series so far, uh, Shuri uh, from the Black Panther series um, got her own comic. It's called T'Challa's, Shuri. T'Challa's baby sister. At one point was the Black Panther herself. Absolutely. Then uh, she died. And then she got Came resurrected. Back. And now she is uh, looking a little more like her portrayal in the Black Panther movie, as are a lot of the characters in this world. But I think that is a clever idea. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm and absolutely fine with it. It looks great. Yeah. Oh, God. So Romero's the, art. Good Lord. So it is, it's been written by Nerdy Okorafor, um, with art by Leonardo Romero and colors by Jordi Belair. Um, I feel like this is the first time that someone relatively new to Marvel Comics has been given out the gate one of their best artists. Yes. And this book excels because of it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If they, every time they paired up a new writer with an artist of this talent, um, you'd get a whole lot more people on books like this. So I hope this is getting, I hope the sales of this series have been uh, It's good. already been uh, given, it's been announced that they are doing a second printing. Good, good. So that is uh, very positive news. I look, I, and that's not to slight, you know, no slight on the artists that were paired with um, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates when his Black Panther run started. But I feel like only now when he's got, you know, the Black Panther series, which is done by the guy who does the art. His name is Daniel or something. Probably Daniel not. Acuna. Yep, that's it. There you go. Um, uh, I feel like that's like the first like kind of like top tier Marvel artist that he's been paired with on his run so far. Disagree um, strongly, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence didn't work. But, all right. <laughs> but like you know, one, one that not top tier from a like um, yeah, yeah, from yeah, a yeah. Cr- uh, creative point of view, but from a like famous exactly. But see, I would I wouldn't say that Romero was an especially top tier Marvel artist in that sense. In that the only book that he's done is Hawkeye, and sure. that was. You know, cancelled. <laughs> sure, okay, right. Yeah, like, good, good beloved point. by people who loved it. But um, I think that this is definitely a comic which will raise his profile as an artist because, good Lord, he, like, really knocks it out of the park for this issue. It's a great match is what I'm trying to say. Yes, good job. And Shuri, number one, um, yeah, starts the fun little recap of her insane comic book life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we uh, plunged into, like, a fun... Uh, Wakanda, um, in which which kind of mir- takes parts of what worked in the movies, while also like, inserting parts of her history from comics, which is actually insane. Yeah, 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 like, really crazy. Considering she hasn't really been around as a character that long. Yeah, 
so much has happened to this character. Um, and uh, basically, the gist of the series is that she is dating uh, Manifold. Yes, please. The lucky, lucky gal. Um, one of our favorite uh, Marvel characters. Um, and uh, by the end of this uh, issue, like, basically, she's still like, you know, she's like the, the <laughs> I best. like that that makes it sound like it's a romance comic where most of the comic is about her dating Manifold. There's a very minor reference to the fact that they like each other. And then Manifold and Black Panther go into space. That's right. And are lost in space. That's right. And uh, so she, uh, Shuri is, of course, the, uh, the, the main inventor of crazy science in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And uh, she invi- invents some cool flying tech for, Black, for, her, for her brother. And then uh, learns that uh, yeah he's 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 missing and, and that she is expected to potentially become the Black Panther, fill his shoes. I loved this. I loved like the art is so gorgeous and the um, version of Shuri that takes uh, lots of notes from sort of uh, the way Letitia is it Letitia Wright who played her in the movie? Yeah, it sounds um, right. It looks like her, but still like her own. Their own version of the Definitely. character. It's not like yeah. super photo referency. Um, and then just the the way this issue builds up, and then the the sort of council of women of Wakandan women from all different walks of life who gather together to try and convince Shuri that it's her time to yep. take the mantle back, and Shuri's inventions and her the the personality that shines through the pages. I think this is such a like a super strong first issue from someone who hasn't written a comic before and Romero's art I don't think has ever looked better than when it's been coloured by Geordie Belair like the the flashback pages where you see that That was my highlight of the issue the flashback is just so so stunning I haven't seen someone use the uh, whites of the page like that I don't think ever yeah so well done I uh, I love just yeah this is a really really strong start and definitely you know like we, we we are big fans of you know the West Coast Avengers and Kelly mm-hmm. Thompson stuff, but that is hundred percent not for any everyone. This is like I would say this is like almost is like a, a good a good book to recommend to everybody that yeah. just likes comic books. It's not like over the top with pop culture references and every character is an equip machine. There are jokes, but they're quite wholesome. It's really yep. wholesome humor. It's a great book that I would recommend to young people and a great book that I'd recommend to old. Old crusty people like yep, me. Yeah, absolutely. I have friends who do not read comic books but who loved Black Panther the movie who have asked me to pick up copies of this issue for them um, because they're so excited and they love the character so much. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled that it's good and I can give it to people and recommend it. And like, you know, if you were an insane fan of, or oh, sorry, not insane, but like a, a very big fan of the character of Shuri as depicted in like maybe Hickman's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but like work on New Avengers and stuff like that, like I can see how you would be disappointed that this is a clearly a much younger style of character, but mm-hmm. roll with it, give it a chance, you'll yeah. be fine with it by the end of the issue. Like, I think so. It's still, it marriages the two and this makes sense as a way forward for them to capitalize on the brilliant vision behind the Black Panther. You know, they, that Wakanda... Say what you will about the movie's plot and stuff like that, but Wakanda is so well-realized in that Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. And a way sure that, it was the coolest thing about the movie. Totally, but in a way that I feel like they've never really entirely nailed in the comics. Mm. Um, and uh, I think they, they they bring that aspect of the movie to this book really well. Absolutely. So, yeah, big, 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 big two thumbs up from me. Yeah. I wish I had more thumbs. Do you want one? Thank you. I'm cutting one right now. Where would you like it attached? <laughs> next, next to one of your other thumbs, or just somewhere completely different? Um, like shoulder, sh- shoulder, yeah, shoulder thumb. thumb. I love it. Sounds good. Um, so another uh, new series featuring a uh, female uh, Marvel character started this week, and it is the return of the Unstoppable Wasp. Um, Nadia Pym is her name. She was 
like a black, uh, sorry, a black widow esque kind of uh, Russian trained mm-hmm. assassin character who then discovered that she was related to Hank Pym, and then she's his daughter. Daughter, and she's a super scientist. And um, now and she's the wasp. She's trying to be a hero. She is one of the wasps because oh yeah, uh, Janet is still the wasp. Janet Van Dyne is still the wasp. Yeah. This is written by Jeremy Whitley, who who didn't create this character, but was given this um, character yeah. to spin off into her own series after Mark Way created her in, in his Avengers run, um, and uh, features uh, Guru Hiru, who was uh, kind of previously on uh, the Gwenpool book. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great artist, uh, and, and yeah. good good pick for this, which is a kind of very uh, younger reader focused. Um, book a good, a good one to kind of recommend, or in theory, a good one to recommend to uh, young, particularly women, uh, yeah. getting into comics. Definitely, if like you like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, yeah. if you like Squirrel Girl, there's a really good chance you're going to enjoy this. Well, too. I mean, I would say those two books are far superior to to this. But uh, let's, Tell let, me let's more. hear your thoughts first. I really enjoyed this. I I really liked the original. At first, I really hated it, and I was like. I genuinely dislike this character, but it really, really grew on me. And a lot of that was to do with um, the artist on the original series was Elsa Chartier, I think her name is. Um, and I really, really liked it. But I think Guru Huru is a good, a good pick to continue it on. Um, and this, I mean, maybe, maybe it is the the uh, small girl that I still keep trapped in my heart. Um, but there's something so sort of uh, wish fulfillment about this series for young girls. It's about a young. It's about a sort of team of super scientist teenage girls who are all sort of gorgeous and cool and go on cool missions and save the day. And, the and it's headed there. up by Janet Van Dyne, who's like a super supportive fashion designer. So everyone is like cute and gorgeous and funny and gay and, yep. you know, like I just, I, this um, appealed to me in ways that I didn't sort of anticipating I really I think it's just good fun you it's me- just good to mention, superhero fun you neglected to mention that they are the agents of girl G-I-R-L which stands for genius in action research labs yeah that's fine yeah it's look fun. there's fucking worse ones that's my favorite thing about it yeah. I like that stuff but for me uh, like this is like definitely like one of those comics that's not for me yeah 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 I don't understand why a man is writing it but he does a fine job I think he does a really good job I think that he did a really incredible job of building up Nadia as a character who is like not totally irritating mm. um, because I think that the Mark Wade version was pretty annoying she was like relentlessly positive and really chirpy in a way that I found very very irritating that said my favourite comic featuring that character so far has been the episode where he, the issue two issue arc where he where she teamed up with Doom yeah 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 and that, that was, was the really best good use of that fun. character so far absolutely um so it is interesting that Jeremy Whitley seems to have such a, you know, understanding of what would appeal to sort of tween girls. It is just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I can't help but be cynical about it because this book is so about like, you know, uh, Nadia finding all of these super smart wi- um, women to feature on her team. And then the bo- end of the book is, is like a, a, a fictional version of, of Nadia interviewing actual female scientists. Uh-huh. And it's like really, really, you know, so focused on like finding like, females in like women in, in science like but why do they just hire a girl to co-write or like I don't understand like like that should if, if that's what the book is all about how does he not co-write it with a girl or feature female artists yeah. or I don't understand you know I think that um I think that the reason this book exists and the reason that we're talking like I mean Marvel really hitting it out of the park with their female oriented 
yeah, titles they're, they're and really like are. aiming things which, which towards is why teen it's just girls. So weird. I don't know. But it's a, it's a female editor, Alana Smith, and yep. she has specifically done an incredible job at getting um, really diverse creative teams and also um, diverse characters on the Marvel shelves and I uh, I don't know I, I, I'm willing to give Jeremy Whitley a chance he's you know Look, he, he's, seems like he's a good not dude bad at it. he's just, on I, side I just can't help but not be slightly cynical about it nah it's fine <laughs> it's fine who's Guru Huru I was just looking that up Guru Huru uh, I only know their, their work assume it's a dude I don't know why we assume that, but I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do too. But we could be very wrong. So it could, who be, knows? Very wrong. It could be, it could be, it. yeah. But anyway, look, it, it, this is a, and not a series that I'm going to continue with, even though I, I think it is. I a, will. There's a sweetness to it, but yeah. it also it's a, it's an exhausting sweetness to me. But <laughs> you know, it reminds me of um, lots of like series, like animated series that were on when I was a kid. Um, like oh, yeah, this would lend like itself like totally so well. spies, and uh, there was like this one about fairies. Winx Club, stuff like that. Girls listening to this will know what I'm talking about. If that stuff kind of appealed to you in a sense where you're like, oh, I'm too cool to like this, but actually I really love this and I wish I was in their cool club, then this will appeal to you. Yeah, I can definitely see this translating to a cartoon really, really yes. well. Yes, it almost yes, feels yes. like they're scri- they are scripts for a cartoon more, than, more so than they are comic in parts. Mm. Mm. Lots of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's such a diverse... Like, the characters are so diverse. There's girl in a wheelchair. There's lots of people of colour. Um, so we now move on to uh, the last of the. Not this is even really an ongoing, but uh, that Marvel put out like so many one shots this week. So yeah. before we get hit there, we've got another of the Infinity Warps to get through, um, and this is uh, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, um, with pencils by Gerardo Sandoval, inks by Victor Nava, and colors by Israel Silva. Um, and it's Infinity Warps Weapon Hex, which is the combination of X twenty three and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So it's like magic is is being performed like magical experiments are performed to create Laura as X-23 uh, and uh, this was just 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 nonsense just boo yeah. boo boring I Weird don't care shut up <laughs> <laughs> poor old Ben Acker and Blacker they, are, they have done some good stuff. Yeah, I just, totally. Yeah, I think this was just like this is a summer. tough sell, though. And um, Sandoval's art, I do like to a certain extent, but on this issue specifically, it just makes it feel really, really dated. Yeah. Um, and not that, not that cool. I just hate that for each of these characters, we're seeing like the full origin story. Yeah. No, just, I don't need it. No, just throw us into an adventure with them and show us what yes. what Laura with magic would do, and then like that would be a much more compelling. Exactly. Book. Or what Laura with a lot of mental health problems would be like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to continue with this. And no. I, I think I'm out almost. I'm, I could just skip the rest of the info. Oh, no. I'm going to read Arachnite. I don't know why. The Moon Knight Spider-Man. Yeah. That's an inspired colla- yeah, colla- that's collision cool. of characters. So. It is. That's some real mental health problems right there. <laughs> uh, so, now we go over to the onslaught of, uh, of one-shots. But some of them were quite good. Mm. Um, let's get the bad one out of the way. <laughs> keep things in the X-Universe for a second. We've been doing these X-Men Black uh, one-shots um, that have been uh, uh, focusing on various X-Men villains. Uh-huh, and this uh-huh. week we got X-Men Black Mystique, which was written by uh, Sheenan McGuire, um, Marco Fehler on, uh, on, artist, uh, on art, and Jesus Avertov on colors. And um, this is actually like a, a pretty well-put-together um, like adventure featuring yeah. Mystique, featuring like her kind of like... It was, it was very creative in the way that it um, showed her taking over different people's bodies and inf- yeah. infiltrating a, um, uh, a, a secret uh, facility to rescue a mutant. But I just didn't understand the point of it. <laughs> yeah, look, as just like a, like a standalone mystique story, I, 
I totally enjoyed this and I'm going to look out for Sean Maguire is doing something else at Marvel, which I've totally forgotten okay. what it is for a second or a new image book. Either way, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for it. Catering. He's doing catering for Marvel. Doing it. It's a woman. That's right. a woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's an Irish name. <laughs> Your brethren, our brethren. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Probably not essential for anyone, but if you like Mystique, you have very few Mystique comics to choose from, so I would recommend uh, checking this out. Yeah. The, the backup the, story, like the backup stuff about Apocalypse, I just don't care about. The art in this, uh, I, I just palmed through it, I didn't actually read it, but the art is pretty good in this uh, this, this backup. Yeah. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's a different artist each time, but that one, look at that. That's, that's some cool art. That's true. That Ca- is cool. Caveman's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, look, I, I shouldn't have said it was bad. It was just like, I just don't understand the point to this. But yeah. I don't, also don't understand why you'd put out four one-shots in one week. Yeah, totally. Um, what If is another uh, thing that uh, Marvel are doing at the moment. I didn't read this. Okay, it wasn't entirely bad. <laughs> it's, it's a very strange thing that exists. Yeah, I'm continuing my anti-metal uh, stance. So the full title for this one is What If Marvel Comics Went Metal with Ghost Rider? Um, I and, don't need uh, to know the answer to that. It was written by Sebastian Gurner, who I'm not familiar good with. Good name. Penciled, inked, and coloured by Caspar Wingard. And also I think a good because name. of that, his art is really well suited to this. Oh, beautiful. So this is a Robbie Reyes um, as Ghost Rider book. But in this, in this universe, Robbie Reyes is like an intern at Marvel Comics. And so when a fictitious, ficti- what I assume is a fictitious, ficti- fictional. Um, uh, Sorry, fictional metal band <laughs> called... Fictitional Huff- is not a word. You said it three fictitious. times, so I had to Damn stop it, sorry, you. Thank you. That's, that, that's how many times? I, <laughs> not, th- not three times over the course of three episodes. Three times in three the Three times in, in a row. Sentence. I have to put my okay. foot down. Fictitious. Fictitional <laughs> uh, metal group called Hassenwald um, show up to the Marvel office... Um, to, Wait, for I've already, I'm already too annoyed by this. So is th- this the real Marvel office? Is that supposed to be like C.B. Sobolski? I guess so. Um, yeah, so they, they show up and then they're obsessed with comics and superheroes, but they also want to put their own blood into the, the, the Marvel printing ink. Like Kiss. And, and, and print out like uh, yeah, uh, comics featuring their, their ink. You know Kiss did that, right? Right. That's like some of the original Kiss comics are really collectible because they genuinely put their blood in the ink. Um, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Slightly related. I know I swore off reading new ki- um, Kiss c- comics. Yeah. Um, Brian Hill is writing a Kiss comic. Is that the one that's the coming out, coming out week. next week? Mm. I'm like, okay, maybe no, we'll I still it. don't want to read that. We'll see. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so once they do put their blood in the ink and they print out a, uh, a copy of the, a new Ghost Rider comic, when it when it gets in the hands of everybody, because Ghost Rider tries to stop it, Robbie Reyes turns into Ghost Rider. There's some awesome art in this. It's uh, gorgeous. When everyone reads the comic, it, it turns them evil. I still hate this concept. Though. And then it, it, this it's just kind of making me angry. This just ends with fade to black and like mo- it's awful monster taking over the world. Like as far as like Fine. a weird what if one shot, it was so weird and over the top and silly that I enjoyed it. All right. But um, and it also wasn't like it wasn't just like oh it's cool because it's metal. Like they're just there's not yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no real genuine metal jokes. It's just like there's like there's like parts of it of them like you know sacrifice and and right, devil okay. worship and that fun part of it. It isn't just like oh badass bro, I love metal. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what if Marvel Comics went metal? It was actually one of the better what if comics that I've read so far uh, of okay. this little run. That's good. Um, we have a uh, two ones that I did enjoy though. Um, yeah. One of them is uh, one that I was not expecting too until I saw the creative team on it. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is uh, not Marvel Zombies. It's Marvel Zombie. The and character. 
Marvel Zombie. Who predates um, like most superheroes. Oh, really? From the from this was informed to me by uh, Scott Rao of King's Comics employee fame. Um, Marvel Zombie is like a hey, Scott, classic. Do you want to come and tell us about Marvel Zombie? No, nah, he just he shook his head. He, oh, doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't want to. Um, Nick said he's available for any reviews that we need today, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a from when Marvel just did like horror comics, like their Dracula and stuff like that. He's a character from that sort of era. Right there hmm. you go. Um, so we get a new uh, book featuring this character, written by W W Maxwell Prince, uh, best known recently as the writer behind Mister Ice. Sorry, Ice Cream Man, Mister Ice Cream Man, <laughs> Ice Cream Man, uh, and previously um, Electric Sublime. Sublime. He also wrote One Week in the Library, which is a graphic novel mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Image that I'll be finally finishing, so I can talk about it in a post show very soon. Nice. Um, and uh, this also had art by Stefano Raphael. And colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and this is like totally set within like, it feels like it is just like one of the Marvel zombies books, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. where you have like a, lots of super powered zombies roaming the Marvel universe, and um, some of them what were bad guys, some of them are superheroes. Doesn't matter now. All they want to do is eat brains, and there's a small team of uh, of heroes leading the resistance against them, uh, and within this is uh, a a zombie who wears like a pendant around his neck, like a charm, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. necklace. Um, and because of this necklace, uh, he doesn't want to feed on flesh. Um, and he, uh, he can't really communicate, but he wants to... But he's still conscious. Yeah. And so he connects with a kid who also wears a, um, a necklace uh, with the same pendant on it. And uh, he's, that, that kid is able to control the zombie, basically, um, to do good. Um, and so the, what remains of the resistance of heroes in this world task this zombie... Um, with uh, setting off a bomb, destroying a huge population of zombies and therefore ensuring the survival of what's left of New York City. Um, and uh, it was like a unexpected like ending. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's lots of fun, you know, different, you know, apocalypse scenario versions of uh, lots of our favorite Marvel characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lots of whom uh, meet a grisly end. Uh, and uh, including like uh, newer characters. I always love when you see a new character in these like, you know, alternate Marvel universes. It was great to see... Uh, L- Lunella, Moon Girl, in this. I love how much um, Moon Girl has been thoroughly accepted by the Marvel universe. Yeah, definitely. She's so cool. That's She's why. So cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought the art was uh, like really well suited to this kind of book, and I really enjoyed the writing. This is a great one shot. Yeah, this was a really, really solid one shot. I really enjoyed this. Again, unexpectedly, until I saw who was writing it, and I was like, oh, cool, this is probably going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> and it almost did, but really, really beautiful. Yeah. Just, I didn't think I could enjoy a Marvel zombie book as much as I enjoyed this. Yeah, and I hope uh, W.O. Maxwell Prince gets more Marvel work or more, you know, just more work in general because he's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. I would love it if he wrote a series about this um, team or that sort of helps out um, the zombie dude of Misty Knight, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye, Black Widow, Moon Girl, and Spider-Man. And Daredevil. That's a great team. Also, most of them are dead now, so probably won't be able to. <laughs> True. But still, um, I'd watch, good shit. I'd read that. I do love the, some of the Marvel Zombies books. The, the original ones that Kirkman did with Sean Phillips on art are actually like so much fun. Yeah, you know, I've not read them because I just go like, meh. You'd enjoy them. They're pretty fun. Vibe. Okay. Um, so uh, that was that. Marvel Zombie, uh, probably my favorite of the Marvel number ones after Shuri this week. Mm-hmm. Certainly my favorite mm-hmm. one shot. But we also got an annual from uh, Venom, which has uh, been the kind of, it's like a bunch of uh, villains hanging out together, telling stories about why they're not scared of Venom. Um, and some of them are scared, some of them aren't. Um, each of the different stories is written by a different writer with a kind of like the overall arc of the villains hanging out written by Donny Cates. Um, Illustrated by Kev Walker? 
That's right, Kev Walker. And we've also got um, uh, David Michelini uh, showing up to write one with uh, Ron Lim. Um, Jeff Loveness, um, someone else who I hope to get does more over at Marvel, um, with Ty Walker. And James Stokoe. And of course, James Stokoe uh, does, uh, writes and, uh, and, and draws a brilliant fight between uh, Juggernaut and Venom. which That's is the like, coolest Venom I've seen in a billion years. He has years. like all these little tiny heads sticking out little of his Little tiny heads and arms. Neck. It's very like, um, like Japanese horror, I thought. Yeah, so good. Um, so I wasn't. I didn't think the the black cat story at the start was uh, was a was a particularly strong point, but it's fine. You know, just scroll yeah. through it. I but I liked the Wolverine Venom story by yeah. uh, Michelini, Michelini and Lynn. No, that Lim. was isn't wasn't that a that's that's Jeff Loveness. Ah, oh, well then I liked that one. Jeff Loveness and Ty Walker did that one, um, and yeah, and James Toko closing it out. Um, super fun. Super fun. The James Toko one is so good. James Toko is one of those people that I would read anything that he did but seeing him on a Venom book makes me go like ah, I wish you could do wish you could do a Venom graphic novel he did a, br- a brilliant um, Avengers book called like Avengers 3000 yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like a yeah, one yeah. shot that was and, so and the good. team was like was Doctor Strange but also Iron Man I, you know, it, was like, it was like just yeah. three of them left it was like yeah what, what remained of Earth at that point and it was so brilliantly put together I think Doom was in it I'm sure mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. so rad check that, check that out if you want to check it out he also draws an excellent juggernaut definitely agree so that was a cool one for sure. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Loved it. Whew, a lot of Turns Marvel out books. I love Venom. Who knew? More Marvel books later in the episode that don't have ones on them. But first, we've got some more ones to get through. Uh, let's go over to DC right now for another in the Sandman universe that they have uh, kickstarted uh, recently. Not like through crowdfunding, <laughs> as in like with the calipers. They just relaunched. Zap. Yeah. They zapped it back to life. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is Lucifer, um, a series that I guess. Of all the Sandman-related books, has, this has been the one that's lasted the longest uh, more, more, more recently. They're going to bring mm-hmm. it back for new series every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this is now being written by Dan Waters uh, with art by Max Fiumara, um, Sebastian Fiumara, and Dave McCaig. Um, and uh, first and foremost, the art on this, fucking brilliant. Stella. So, so good. good. Um, what's, what's Max Fiumara done? Uh, most recently, he did the Black Hammer um, spin-off series yes. about um, Dr. Star. Yep. Which was also excellent. Excellent. Um, and he's done a lot of other things that we've enjoyed in the past too. Um, so I've not read any Lucifer before. I have oh, really? a ton of it um, that I bought on a Vertigo sale on Comixology ages ago. I think I even have some of the trades. But it's just been something that I know is an enormous mammoth uh, read yeah. that I've not yet uh, committed to. It's worth it. I haven't read it since I was a teenager, so I'm probably not going to give a super accurate... Um, Mike Carey is the one yeah. that everyone loves, right? Yep. It's probably my favorite Mike Carey comic. Um, and it, I think it's definitely the best of the... Not main series, Sandman series, in my right, opinion. Sure. I think that it, like, even if you have never read Sandman, you, I think you can read Lucifer and really genuinely enjoy it. It's a really, really good comic on its own. Um, is it, it's kind of like a tale of redemption for the devil, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Sure. And he owns a bar. <laughs> Great. Um, um, much better than the TV series that is based on it. And so that's the kind of concept for each of the series. It is like, you know, something has happened to Lucifer and he loses all his powers. He's stranded on Earth or something and yep. he has to, like, I don't know. What does he have to do? Become Get a, back. Or become the shit. devil or something again? I don't know. Maybe. I should read these things. Just some stuff's happening. Some uh, stuff's happening to him. So some of this I really, really enjoyed. I love that this little flashes of, um, in this issue, we get uh, a man who uh, his, his partner is, is slowly dying. Mm-hmm. And um, his, his, his wife or his partner, but for whatever reason, he can't sign. Um, he, it's not, he doesn't have uh, adequate 
uh, permission or whatever to, to sign that, that, that they turn her life support off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she's slowly deteriorating and losing her mind and um, he hates seeing her suffer. So uh, she, he, he escapes with it from, the, like helps her escape from the hospital and they drive off together and something tragic happens. Um, meanwhile, you have Lucifer who's stranded somewhere. Do you want to take, take the reins from this part? Uh, um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he appears th- to be being punished for something. And he is lost his mind and his eyes. Yep. But he can seemingly grow them back at will. And he appears to be in some kind of uh, place that he can't leave, being attacked by demons who put him in a bucket. And then he uh, d- performs the Tempest. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, so... I assume by the end of this issue that the, 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 the life of the, the man uh, trying to help his wife escape from hospital and Lucifer were going to intertwine. You would hope so. But it doesn't actually happen in this issue. I assume no. it will happen in the future. Um, I just found the, the Lucifer stuff like nowhere near as interesting as like this like story of this real, real world guy. Yeah, look, I think it's taking a minute to get going. Which is what all of these Sandman books do. And certainly what they did to begin with. I just I think our yeah. our introduction to a lot of these series being younger readers was through trades or whatever. Yeah. So you, you are like, you get a bigger slice of the puzzle before, but then was one issue. I'm going to play this same card that I did for last week when we talked about the Sandman books. I don't think these lend themselves. This one certainly did more than the other two have so far. I don't know if they lend themselves to a single issue format mm. that well. I think that's definitely an interesting um, thought. This is the one that I'm probably the most keen to continue reading in single because I did enjoy this issue yep. but I did read it in two parts. Right. Um, and so I've forgotten a lot of what happened and I didn't necessarily have the most like you know uh, yeah. you know what I mean. There are comments anyway. when you're like what happened in this? And you're like oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I did enjoy it um, and I will read issue two and I'm going to check out Books of Magic as well because that looks cool. That's out this week. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've never read the original books of Rabbit Magic. Another one that I Me own. Neither. I own there's so much old Vertigo stuff that when I was getting into comics, I just yeah. bought everything off and then I like overdid it. And there's so much junk. <laughs> <laughs> Name one. What's the worst? Um, what's a bad Vertigo book that I've read? Preacher. Fight me. Wow. I hate Preacher. It's just not for me. You read it? I, I bought six volumes of Preacher in hardcover before I realized that I just didn't like it and it's just go. not for me. Yeah, yeah. It's super of its time. Yeah. And it's super Garth Ennis. Yeah, I, like, I think it was groundbreaking when it started that it then influenced so many people yeah. to write stories based off of their love of it. Yeah. But I feel like we've read so many things influenced by it that when you go back and read it, it's like, oh, okay. I also just like, uh, Ennis is another one of those creators that I put in, I can't really put into words why I don't really like his vibe. I love Steve Dillon. I love Steve Dillon's art, but I just don't like Garth Ennis's I, I still think you, I, I, I said it before, I think you would really like his Hellblazer run. Yeah, sure. Um, sure, mate. Hell, so th- that Hellblazer, because I've read all 300 issues of Hellblazer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, within that, I think, is some of the best Vertigo comics and some of the worst. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so let's move over to Image right now. Um, uh, speaking of uh, Hellblazer, let's talk about Exorcism, and specifically Exorcisters. Um, this is a new series by Image about uh, two girls that we're led to presume are sisters, mm-hmm. um, and they are the Exorcisters, and we presume that because the comic is called Exorcistus. <laughs> it's written by Ian Boothby and uh, uh, drawn by Giselle Lagasse, who uh, midway through this, I was like, have I ever written a comic, ever read a comic written by, sorry, with art by Giselle Lagasse, besides that Betty Boop one, that wasn't written by like a horny dude? <laughs> Giselle Lagasse. 
the reason that she gets chosen by uh, horny dudes to draw their horny dude comics is because she is a horny dude comic creator herself. She used to have this webcomic called Menage et Toi, right. which was about like an open relationship. Uh, um, so sure. that's, I think, why that's kind of the world that she exists in. Um, despite the fact that she has like a very cute Archie-inspired style. Yes, um, sure. But that's kind of the world that she exists in. Colors are by Pete. Pantasis. I don't like the colors. The colors are my least favorite thing about this very, whole book. Very kitschy. Very flat. Um, so yeah, um, basically, and it's a pretty fun opener. Um, uh, on on their wedding day, the groom is whisked away to hell by a demon who the groom owed a favor to. Um, also, um, the the bride is led to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else just saw that um, she was left at the altar mm-hmm. and she uh, is going crazy trying to figure out what to do so she calls on the exorcisters to, to investigate what's happened um, and we learn by the end of the issue that um, this, that wasn't the case at all that, that, that there's like, you know work of a demon involved mm-hmm. and it's pretty amusing actually like of all the horny dude comics I've read this is actually a pretty interesting yeah you enjoyed this yeah. I, I really like I genuinely enjoyed this um, it was a bit sort of uh maybe goofier than I anticipated or something. I think that comes down to maybe the writing and also, again, the colours. I just don't think the colours make it look as sophisticated as it could be. Um, But I do really like her art. I think that she's good at visual comedy. Yep. Um, So I enjoyed those kinds of elements. Yeah, um, and then it's, a, it's an interesting concept. It's a good like kind of like almost like a one and done this issue, and then with mm-hmm. like a, a final page cliffhanger that I guess was going to speak on the bigger story they're going to tell in this series. I will give this another shot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There were, there were a few things that made me laugh in this issue, and I thought it was a pretty fun, yeah, fun, fun book to read. And the sort of uh, story of two sisters who are sort of you know total, total opposites. One of them is a hard drinking rocket chick, and the other is a studious sort of uh, tight uptight person and then it turns out that the crazy girl is her soul has somehow exited her body or yep. something cool interesting yeah totally I'll at least check out issue two yeah um, so, so uh, you've got all the, all the books that Giselle Lagasse has done at the back so we've got Menage a Trois yeah uh, Eerie Cuties <laughs> Sticky Dilly Buns what? <laughs> Sticky what Dilly Buns? That's, that's cold oh my god um, Dangerously Chloe and Magic Chicks of course, magic is spelled with a K. Yeah. Um, always great art, but yeah, always horny. Yes. <laughs> Very horny. <laughs> the, the, the key through line is horniness. Uh, so the last number one that I read this week is from a uh, new publisher that I've not heard of before called Source Point Press. It is a mm-hmm. limited uh, miniseries, issue one of three of a book called Ogre, um, written by Bob Sally with art by Sean Daly. Um, I was drawn to this because the art reminded me of, um, who does Lil Gotham? Uh, Dustin Nguyen. Dustin Nguyen. Also, um, Matt Kent, anyone who works in watercolours. Yes. I would say this reminded me of. Um, I mean, that, that first page of the castle. I was like, like oh, yeah. This is going to be the best, but. Um, it's Spoiler, it's not the best. Yeah, I think it was just like very overwritten. I mean, that's a word that I use to describe a lot of comics. That but I also, like, but I found underwritten. I felt like I had no idea anything about this world. That's very true. Yeah. Or who any of these characters were or why they were in the positions that they were in. And I found that the art wasn't, um, well, it was like, gorgeous it wasn't necessarily descriptive enough to help me to sort of lead me um just help me figure out what the hell was going on yeah so i didn't finish this this issue no i don't think it was worth it i really pushed through to the end um but at the end i was still a bit like okay well now there's a team but i have no idea what the team are are doing i have no idea what they're fighting for all we know is that they're supposed to be the good guys and it's like a fun concept the idea of like 
uh, a medieval set sort of thing of ogres versus men. But then there's an ogre who has a dead guy strapped to him and only he can hear the dead guy still talking to him. And it's just uh, uh, too much happened and I didn't understand enough of it. Yep. Um, but uh, I do like Sean Daly as an artist and that's someone I'm going to keep an eye out for as he grows as an artist. Good stuff. Um, so uh, that is it for the number ones. First Things First is over. If you would like to discuss any of the books that we talked about, maybe you picked up a new series in the last week that we didn't talk about or one of the ones that we said were, wasn't good was good in your opinion, feel free to come and yell at us over at our Facebook group please, uh, with thousands of other comic book readers, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. It's the best place to talk about uh, the, the podcast plus uh, comics in general. Lots of posts going up each day about a very wide variety of comics and fun threads like what are you reading this week, every mm-hmm. single week. Covers of the week, panels of the week, lots of fun stuff like that. And even um, we've got to give a shout out to, I'm sure this isn't his name, Brygen the Gaijin. <laughs> uh, I assume his name is Brian. Is it Brian? Yeah, right, sure. Um, so uh, every week uh, we name every single episode after something dumb one of us says. Um, for instance, this one might be called Thumb Shoulder. Um, I hope so. And uh, he puts, uh, he basically, he, when he listens to our podcast, he does so with a pen and paper and writes down all the other dumb things that we say that the episode could be named. Um, and so every week you can vote for alternate names for uh, the, the episode of that week, which is really fun and, and an amazing amount of effort on his behalf that I appreciate greatly. So thank you, whatever your real name is. We appreciate it. Brian. Nameless stranger. <laughs> um, so now we move on to uh, the rest of the reviews for the week. Um, and... Uh, Hey, you know what we can, you made, actually, no, I was going to say, you made one of those dumb things where you like fold the paper and, you know, what are those things called? Um, uh, fortune teller, foldy paper fortune teller. Why don't you tell everyone what happens? You understand. From the 90s. Yeah. So when you pick You pick a number and then you do back forth as many times as the number you picked. And and then you pick another number and then you open open the flap and that's your fortune. Yeah. And so Siobhan made one where every fortune is a picture of a penis. You're welcome. Don't watch. Don't watch. Don't watch the game. Not enough dongs in in comics. So I had to start drawing my own. Uh, I was going to say we could try and use that to, to... figure out what, which, uh, which publisher we review next. It seems complicated. Yeah, let's just do Marvel. Okay. Runaways. Yes, please. Issue number 14 this week uh, was written by Rainbow Rowell and uh, had, uh, we had, it was split in two. We had two stories in this issue of Runaways, uh, one of which uh, was the continuation of uh, last month's issue written uh, with art by David LaFuente. Um, an interesting choice uh, for fill-in from Chris Anker. But, but I think it works. It, well, you didn't at the end of the last issue, but I think but by the end of this does. story, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, we get an amazing, I guess you'd call it backup, um, that is a silent book from the perspective of Old Lace, uh, Gert's Dinosaur. Um, although by the end of this uh, little story, Gert is 100% chases. Yeah. Um, and I think that was... That, that was like, Wait, Old Lace is 100% chases. Did I say Old Lace? You said Gert. Gert. Whoops. Anyway. Um, Gert is 100% not Chase's anymore. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. But, but he got the dinosaur, which is the only reason to date anyone, really. Exactly. Date them for their dinosaurs. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm playing the long game, but I'm hoping at some point there's going to be a dino involved. We once lived next to this very drunk rich woman. Nice. And uh, one, she used to always come over when she heard we were home and she was pissed. And, yes, um, please. And uh, she... Um, one like one time like gave my sister and my wife um, like before we were married to like you know her her advice for the life for, for life while I was in the room and she's like my advice ladies you take the rock and run <laughs> pointing to the diamond on her finger yes so my my advice is take the dinosaur and run yeah absolutely yeah uh, so yeah uh, this uh, 
the continuation of the stories in which uh, the story, the ongoing runaway story in which uh, Alex uh, Sinclair is his name from the original BKV series. We saw him resurrected in uh, Power Man and Iron Fist more recently. Uh, he's now back and kind of reluctantly part of the team. Um, reluctant on the part of everyone else, not him. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed that, but uh, I just I, I, the backup was so good. And Takeshi Miyazawa, of course, was the original artist on Brian K. Vaughan's mm-hmm. uh, an, an initial uh, Runaways run. Uh, so it was great to see him return to, to drawing these characters. And I just thought oh, that was such a great... I love a silent, silent yeah, comic. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, a comic from the perspective of an animal. Definitely. That's what you always want. And so it was basically old lace, like walking through the house and uh, trying to, you know, either hang Get attention. Out, get attention, hang out, but also like observing the new relationship. It was a great way to kind of see the new relationships within the runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just seeing old lace and Chase like content together at the end was so nice. Yep. Who's, your, who's your favorite runaway? And I can't, you can't say old lace. It's probably Chase. Chase, me too. I love Chase. Chase is my favorite. Maybe like, he's like top five Marvel character for me. Oh, no. Yeah. He's just like a big lovable dude who tries really hard and fucks up all the time. But yeah, so Chris Anker returns to this series uh, uh, again uh, very soon. Yes. And, um, but, you know, like if you're getting feelings as good as this, like it's fine. He still does incredible covers. I love this cover so much. Yeah, such a good cover. Yeah, which was recreated this week. So uh, if you haven't done this before, go to Instagram and use the hashtag... Uh, it's a bad hashtag. What is it? Kings recreate covers badly. Just go on to the Kings page. Um, and every week we do like a really... I spend all of my Friday making like a dumb craft um, paper mask of whatever to try and recreate a cover. And we have more fun doing it than probably as well. <laughs> uh, it's so worth it. I love it. It's like a highlight of my week to see what you do each time. And this one was one of the best you've Thank done. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. One of the least effort, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Because uh, on the cover of Runaways this week is Old Lace uh, behind a fence that says Beware of Dog. And you just made like a, a fence yeah. uh, in, uh, that said Beware of Wayne. <laughs> and just put Wayne behind it. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> he's great. Although I take offense to the fact that he's the Old Lace of Kings. Yeah, he's definitely... Who is which runaway is Wayne? Molly. <laughs> okay, maybe give me Molly. <laughs> um, so yeah, great issue of Runaways this week. Yeah, always good. Always good. Uh, Thor also came out this week, uh, written by Jason Aaron with Christian Ward. I've been up and down on uh, this latest iteration of Thor since uh, the Jane Foster series ended, but God, this was a fucking great this issue. This is a really good issue. Uh, Christian Ward's art is always a delight, especially when he's drawing like incredible space battles between yep. a um, phoenix endowed Wolverine mm-hmm. um, and uh, and an old man Thor versus a Doctor Doom who has uh, the powers of Iron Fist, Star Brand, Doctor Strange, and Ghost Rider. So, oh no, yeah, and it's brilliant and it ends in a really satisfying way that also sets up crazy shit for the future yeah i love that there are like as like as well as telling these like amazing present day thor stories with multiple thors and multiple blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. jason from the start of his run jason aaron has been telling these crazy millions war of years of into the future or even, oh, yeah, even beyond the war of realm stuff but he million like you know this old thor story is so yep. fun and uh this is uh, a great you know you could you could view this issue as an end to it but um it's still going. Absolutely. And now we now we genuinely get the War of Realms. This is like his sort of um, infinity or, you know, like he's been planning this for so long. Yeah, yeah. And Russell Dorderman is returning uh, to do art on it too, oh, which is great. so exciting. Awesome. Um, man, it's good. I can't wait for Thor to be the best again. Yeah, absolutely. Love Thor. Uh, great issue. 
Uh, I read Daredevil this week uh, because it's called The Death of Daredevil. Did Daredevil die? Uh, almost. Mm. Um, and because he has a near-death experience saving a, a kid from the same fate that uh, he suffered when he got his powers. Okay. Um, he, he gets hit by a truck when he, he's, as he like no- knocks a kid out of the way from being hit by it and then I almost dies on the operating table and then wakes up and is like, I've got a new lease on life and I know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then he fucks Electra. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Look, I support that. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, it was funny. Uh, Phil Noto's art is so good on this. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff going. I just thought it was a very funny way to end this. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> Bizarre arc. This is uh, Charles Soule's final arc on uh, on Daredevil. Which is he's like, l- you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make him fuck Electra. Yeah. Um, and uh, Electra is just naked and, and waiting for, for Matt on his bed. Cool. It's good to see Noto draw. Wow, she's gorgeous. Yeah. He's so good. Noto's so good at drawing women. Yeah. Also Daredevil. Like, how good yeah. does Daredevil look in that? Yeah. yeah. Also some weird new villain. Uh, so, yeah, funny, a funny uh, a funny entry, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm super annoyed I missed this. What is wrong with me? I, I must have just not seen it on the show. Well, shelf. I mean, yeah, the strength of this book, which is Mr. and Mrs. X, is that I'm pretty sure I missed either issue two or three. Um, ah. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it catches you up really, really quickly. Uh, it's written by Kelly Thompson. With Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Start by Oscar Bazaldua um, and Frank Diamata on Colors. Uh, this is um, Rogue and Gambit on a crazy space adventure. They just got married. Um, yeah. And, Mazel tov. And it's like, this one is just hilarious in that it involves so many different uh, X-Men space characters and just like massive big p- double splash pages of them fighting, which is not something I would ever expect from a Kelly Thompson book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the end of it, Rogue maybe dies, but obviously Seems not. Seems unlikely. Yeah, she explodes. Uh, but yeah, it's you know if you like fun, dumb space battle comics that are at times sexy and featuring great depictions of, of beloved X Men characters, uh, this is a good one. Awesome! It's, uh, it's, it's such a good. It's series. real wacky and like yeah, it, it is fun reading an X Men book that fully uh, embraces all the dumb space stuff of the, of the past. Yes, absolutely. But this has everyone in it. You have like Warstar, Titan, Electron, Flashfire, Pulsar, and then you also have like Corsair and 
Yes, please. All the other ones, and then the Shi'ar guys, and it's it's insane. I think definitely one of the issues with X-Men comics in 2018 is that they're too serious. Yes. And it's like, you can also have fun. Like, I get that it's all about bigotry yeah, like puberty, but like, you could have some fun with it. And I think this is a great example like of that. The, the, this book ends with one of the main characters exploding, and then the kind of like tone is like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> How will they get out of exactly. this one? That's what I want for my comics, guys. Yeah, so if you're a big Star Jammers fan, uh, a, good one, a good one for you to pick up. <laughs> Love those star jammers. Um, so I read The Life of Captain Marvel, issue four. I'm trying to figure out. I can't tell if this is. No, this can't be the final issue. No, it's not. I think it's a six-issue miniseries. Right. Written by Margaret Stoll um, with art pencils by Carlos Pacheco um, and Eric D'Urso on right. the flashback scenes. Other way around. Is no, yes, the, that's right. Is this the only Captain Marvel book on the stands at the moment? Yes, yes it is, uh, other than the team books that she's in. Right, of course, yeah. Um, and so this is sort of, this book has finally come around to the point that it's trying to make, I think, um, which is that for a long time I think the, the, the origin of Captain Marvel's powers have made people feel a bit like, because they're not sort of hers, she stole them, and well, I, I don't even know her origin story properly, but there's some kind of murky weirdness that sure. makes people feel uncomfortable. So the point of this whole series, I think, is to give her her powers like making them her own so it turns out crazily enough um her mum was a Cree warrior the whole time whoa that's that's bonkers um and so you know that's where her powers came from and the when you think that she's getting them in the way that however she got them um actually that was just her latent Cree powers activating or some shit right uh, also, I tuned out. I don't know why, because they're, they're playing like um, a classic Water rock, on. classic rock song <laughs> on the King's Radio, and I was like, "Hell yeah, man! The boss." Um, how, <laughs> what, what, how did she get her powers? Sorry, I don't know. I don't actually remember um, how she got her powers. God damn in the it, main Bruce comics. Springsteen! <laughs> um, no, in this though, oh, what, in what this, is it, revealed? it just yeah. turns out that her mum was always a Cree warrior. Oh, okay, right. Um, who came to Earth on a mission of war? but fell in love by accident, but then also divorced. <laughs> so got married and then divorced and then just decided to keep it a secret from her daughter forever that mm-hmm. her that she was also Cree until a person came to their town and now she has to fight. Whatever. Well, I liked this a lot more before they sort of did that. I think embrace the awkward parts of your origin story. Don't try and paper over it with like, a, uh, actually the whole time it was this. Blah, blah, blah. That always annoys me. Uh, but I understand the point of why they're trying to do it. I just... I sort of feel annoyed that they took us on that whole journey just to do that. Well, there's one thing for sure about Captain Marvel. Baby, she was born to run. She sure was. Uh, this week we also got Star Wars Darth Vader, issue number 22. Again, another final arc uh, of a Marvel comic written by Charles Soule with art by uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli um, and uh, finishes by Danielle Orlandini and Terry Pallot and David, colors by uh, David Curio. And um, this is all about Fortress Vader, um, which is... Uh, Something that we, we, we only get glimpses of in the movies, the big uh, lava-covered palace that uh, Darth Vader lives on okay. for some, some of his life. And uh, this, uh, this series kind of explored like, you know, how he got that planet oh, and, yeah. um, and, and what he found when he got there. And one of the things he took there was a gift from the Emperor, which is this uh, mask um, that basically is, uh, is still alive. Um, and we learn the backstory of the man who who wore this mask and uh, learned that he is still stuck in this mask and needs oh. to feed off uh, hosts when who, who, who put it on. And he tries to feed off Vader 
and Vader's strong enough to get it off, and now he's going to collaborate with the mask <laughs> to do some uh, to do some fun evil shit. And it's really, really silly. Maybe too silly if you're mm. a, if you're a hardcore fan of Star Wars, but uh, just the right amount of silly for me reading a comic. Nice. So I'm on board. Cool. Um, that is it for Marvel this week. DC's next. And we got uh, issue 57 to Batman, which I forced Siobhan to start reading again. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, okay. At the very least, um, <laughs> this, is, this, this issue features uh, a bedtime story being read to a kid that we are, at first think it's KG Beast the, as, as, as a boy being read this story by his father, who we saw killed by KG Beast in the last uh, issue. Uh, but at the end of the book, we learn that it's Bruce being read by Thomas Wayne. It's my biggest eye roll of the week. Uh, so funny for it to come to a Tom King from a Tom King book, uh, but the um, the story which we see depicted is um, oh wait fuck right so not only this is actually a story that was read read to both KG Beast and Bruce Wayne as a uh. kid so it was both of their favorite stories growing up so there you go they're the same yeah. but all of the panels um, of the, this uh, very very over the top. Uh, Aesop's fable-esque story of a, a yeah. bunch of animals getting eaten by other animals. Very, like, horrible Grimm's fairy tales-esque. Um, is drawn by Mark Buckingham with uh, his incredible border work and all that kind of thing. So that was nice, right? Are you glad you read it for that? Yeah. She is, everybody. She's ecstatic, jumping up and down. Uh, Tony, no, I'm not. Tony S. Daniel did the rest of the art with... Um, uh, we had uh, Timo Moray on colours. Um, Andrew Papoy helped Mark Buckingham with his art on this. Um, and this is basically a fight between KG Beast and Batman with this uh, kid's story in the background. Like, okay, at, at least I feel like it's within the genre of uh, Aesop's fable-esque, like, you know, children's stories to be heavy-handed. So at For least sure. Tom King's finally he's heavy-handed. He's found his niche. Exactly. Uh, he should just go and write some really intense parables for a while. Uh, I just, I mean, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Goodness gracious. Like, the the reveal that, like, oh, child Bruce Wayne was actually a monster is, like, so exhausting to me. Like, I just, I don't know why he's determined to make Bruce Wayne, like, a horrible psychopath. Like, I get it. I get that that's one way of looking at Batman, <laughs> I suppose. But surely it's something that we, like, has been... Just done. Just write a story for fuck's sake, Tom King. Like, who gives a shit about this? Like, <laughs> at the end of it, Batman leaves KGBs to die in the snow. Right. That's not a very Batman move. Okay. Is it? And also, I don't like it. Right. This is an actual Russian folktale. Um, it's called The Animals and the Pit. The Animals in the Pit. Well, I'm even less impressed because you didn't even write it. <laughs> um, I love that um, uh, Thomas Wayne is like... Uh, um, that's your story why you love that one like I don't know but also Thomas Wayne why did you buy your son a book called The Animals and the Pit yeah why did you why are you reading it to him you fucking weirdo <laughs> anyway that's it another Batman review done great did you read Nightwing 51 this week nah you know what I even looked at it and then I went nah I liked it really so this is a uh, Scott Lobdell taking over uh, as the new writer for Nightwing. Um, of course, uh, Scott Lobdell, not the best uh, repertoire of recent uh, DC work. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, we've, I we've, don't think we've I've ever loved... liked any of his books. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't liked anything? Like, even all what, the way what back? What has he done? What's he done that I've enjoyed? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, doesn't, has, hasn't he done stuff for like years and years and years? I know he's done a lot yeah. of cards. He's been, he's been around for a very long time. Sure. 
Um, but I don't really like his comics in general. I liked most of his Red Hood and the Outlaws run from okay, the start yeah, yeah, of Rebirth. Yeah. You liked um, it. But then that lost me when it got like made Brainiac a smarty. That was dumb. Mm. Um, but uh, this has uh, additional scripting by Fabian Nicesia. I never know how, how do you say that guy's name? Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Nah. Travis Moore and Gary Brown on art, um, which is a great, great art team. Um, if you remember Gary Brown's way more kind of scratchy style. Um, is really, it's really well suited to the book, but then you also have a very clean style from Travis Moore. Uh, it works really well. Um, but basically, this is uh, setting a stage for a new Nightwing because uh, Dick Grayson is no longer Dick Grayson. He's choosing to be called Rick Grayson, and he doesn't want any attachment um, to his old life because he can't remember it. After getting uh, a bullet through the head via KG Beast, um, he doesn't remember any of his past, and he's like, you know what? Good riddance. I'm going to start a new life. And he's um, making ends meet by like driving a taxi around. In this issue, he's greeted by Albert, um, Alfred. Sorry, yeah, Al- <laughs> Al- Alfred, who uh, who's like uh, who's Master- now called Albert, <laughs> Master Dick. Here's some money. Come back, we miss you, kind of thing. And he's like, "Sorry, old man, I don't remember who you are. I'm good. I'm Rick. <laughs> I'm Rick now. <laughs> Rick's a bad choice for the name. Though. It's very funny. Um, but uh, then he kind of like is just like he's just fully given up on on, on Nightwing. And, uh, so what's he doing? But, he's but he has these, life? but he's has this, like you know, someone tries to mug him, and his impulses kick in, and he's able uh. to take down someone. He's like, oh my god, I can do this. And he does six flips. Yeah, um, and so he's he's kind of like figuring out who he is. And meanwhile, there's a cop who I assume has been part of the series beforehand who misses the presence of Nightwing, and um, while investigating, he discovers all of Nightwing's old costumes in the uh, kind of like Nightwing lab that, not, that Dick uh, burnt down in the last issue mm-hmm. and he puts on one of Nightwing's costumes at the end of this mm. and he is Nightwing with a gun now. Oh, shit. And he's a cop who's Nightwing. I, I think it's fucking fun. I don't yeah. like, it's silly, it's fun and like, I don't know, I, I, I know this won't last for very long. Obviously, yeah. Dick Grayson will get his memories back and be Nightwing again but this is a fun, like, I don't know, take chances and do dumb things. At least it's not fucking supernatural bullshit which is what this series was before this. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 on I'm, I'm board. I'm yeah, a, cool. And like you know, you, you know that this like you know, you know that Damien is going to come to Blood uh, Bloodhaven soon and like have a have a run in with like both Rick and also this new cop who's pretending to be Nightwing and that'll be fun. Yeah, so cool. For the time being, I'm on I'm on board with the series. I'm going to keep reading. I just can't get behind Rick. Rick can't get behind Rick Grace. <laughs> What's a strong male name you can't get behind? Um, Jordan. Yes. Justin. <laughs> just Brajen. <Jane> Brajen. <laughs> Um, the Witching Hour continued over in um, Justice League Dark this week, um, written by um, James Tinian the Fourth. We had a new artist on—I uh, can't remember new, uh, new to me artist uh, on this. Except the credits are written somewhere within the issue, and it's going to take me a good fifteen minutes to find them. But luckily for you, I'm, I'm just going to keep silent this it. whole time. Yep, um, Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Actually, no, I think he did some detective stuff with James Tinian the Fourth. Um, Raul, Raul, Raul Fernandez on inks um, and Brad Anderson on colors um, and uh, this remains just like a fun kind of magic-y uh, nonsense book where um, uh, Wonder Woman's been infected by a witch and so have a bunch of other magic characters and some other magic characters are trying to save her and not be killed by evil Wonder Woman this has the most smoking of any DC comic in it as well I like that as they're running through battle both uh, Constantine and Detective Chimp are continuously smoking. Yeah, he's just ch- chomping down on a stogie while, uh, yeah. While being like, I don't know what to do, guys. Anyway, I, I did enjoy this. Whipping through slims. Yeah, it's good. It's a good team. I think uh, it's living up to the potential of like the Justice League title. You know? Yeah, I really love Swamp Thing. Like, they've thought of 
good things for Swamp Thing and Dead Man to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's good fun. I hope the Phantom Stranger shows up soon. Love we him. We can only hope. Um, and uh, also uh, Spectre. Put him in there too. Yeah, why not? I'm what do you got to lose? Uh, Injustice 2 this week, uh, issue number 36, the uh, penultimate issue of this before we get one last annual, which is going to be it for this series, oh, um, written by Tom Taylor, uh, featuring art by Daniel Sampere and Bruno Redondo, with colours by um, Rex Locus and inks by Juan Albaran. Um, and uh, yeah, this just really set up a whole bunch of madness for them to deal with in the final issue. A lot of death in this issue. A lot of death. Um, some unexpected ones too. Um, yeah. Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Gone. His, his hand, I mean, have an smushed. off panel. So, unconfirmed, I always think. Unless you see the head smushed, something I mean, could have happened at the last minute. You see Grodd with his hand, put his hand around his, uh, Rachel Gould's head. Still and then you unconfirmed. See the enormous onomatopoeia scrunch and then blood splatter all over Gorilla Grodd. I think it's safe to assume that Rachel Gould is dead. It's likely. Um, if, if he turns out to be alive in the annual, I'm going to uh, squish my own head. Okay, all right. Deal. You have, uh, to know. you have to find a gorilla, and the gorilla can squish my head. I can, uh, I can make that happen. Um, I really enjoy Tom Taylor's Bruce. Yeah, definitely, right? Great Bruce Wayne. Great yep. Alfred, too. Yep. Sorry, Albert. <laughs> Sorry, Albert. That's his real name. Uh, and uh, Alfred, uh, who, who hasn't been himself since coming back via a Lazarus pit, resigns because he doesn't want, after years and years of taking care of Bruce, he doesn't want Bruce to have to take care of him. This is sweet. He's Sweet. Like, he thinks of some good emotional moments to put in this he series. He sure does. Um, there's lots of different threads that are going to be uh, concluded in this finale, and I hope yep. it lives up to them. I mean, obviously, everyone that's read it digitally can confirm whether or not it has, but don't, don't spoil it for me. Yeah, I've don't got tell two me. more weeks to wait, and I'm looking forward to finally finishing this series, which I've enjoyed immensely. Yeah. Um, thanks to everyone who listens to the show for telling me to re- read it. Yeah, I need to go back and read the whole thing, I guess. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see whatever Tom Taylor does next. Like, I mean, I'm super geeked about his uh, Spider-Man title yeah, that well, he's doing with Juan Cabal. It looks like, um, yeah, X-Men Red is wrapping up yeah. soon, which is a bummer. DC should really try and lock it down with him. Yeah, because he has a great understanding of like the entire DC universe, yeah. which is cool. Give him a team book, for Christ's sakes, guys. Uh, so those are the kind of like regular uh, DC superhero books for this week. But uh, DC have recently acquired a new imprint called Jinx World, which is where Brian Bendis publishes all of his self-owned uh, franchises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this week we've got three issues of uh, Brian Bendis' uh, written titles. Yeah, I missed one somehow. You missed United States vs. Murder, Inc. So we've got United States vs. Murder, Inc., Pearl, and um, Cover all came out this week. An interesting tactic. Mm-hmm. Three Bendis books in one week. Too many? Um, is it too many? I liked all of these. Yeah, same. Um, should we start with the ones that we both read? Yes. About cover first. Cover is the one uh, written by Bendis with art by David Mack. Um, I think this is the one that I feel sort of uh, most strangely about because it's so like... Meta? Yeah, because it's about a comic book artist and I always think there's something a little bit about a comic book about a comic book creator. But anyway. But this is very different. It's like not really about the comic book creator. It's about the fact that the comic book creator is now... Being a spy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that he's being um, interrogated because they think he's a spy. Do you think that he just wanted uh, to make this so that then people might think he was a spy? That would be pretty funny. That would be pretty good. Also, there are probably easier ways to have people suspect you're a spy, but sure. He's sure. All, he can also make money out of this too. So, kill the two birds <laughs> in one I mean, stone. <laughs> um, but man, the... the um, especially like the samurai scenes that um, David Mack does are so gorgeous. I yeah, love well, David I Mack. love that every like kind of... Uh, plot every, every plot line like thread line of, of, of the plot ha- has a different art style yeah David Mack's doing incredible work on this book 
Um, I'm really curious as to where, where this book is going to go, how many issues it's going to be, um, but I'm enjoying it and I love uh, all of the backups featuring a bunch of Superman variants yeah. um, that David Mack has done recently. Um, these are really, really good packages, these, uh, these single issues from Jinx World. Um, Absolutely. As, as you'll continue hearing when we talk about Pearl. Yeah. Issue number three. So you didn't um, read the first issue of this. You just no, came on board No, and then issue two. two was like my favorite of all of the Jinx World comics that I've read so far. And this issue I was very confused by. So Michael Gados uh, is the illustrator on this one. Um, of course, uh, Bendis and uh, Gados did Jessica Jones together. Oh, sorry, Alias together mm-hmm. for Marvel Max. Um, and uh, this is a, a book about a, a tattoo artist uh, who finds herself... Um, with like basically like because of her ties to the crime like the un- yakuza un- yeah yakuza um, she finds herself owing a bunch of deaths to a crime lord mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and one of them is with a guy that she quite fancies that who she saved the life of recently um, and uh, yeah basically this is about her kind of like running away from that family uh, by committing lots of murders uh, in, nice. a, in a nightclub and also she appears to have some kind of a magical tattoo yeah. I'm pretty sure issue one is still on the shelves at Kings. Yeah, I should probably read that. Read I, I'm enjoying this. It is again. It's like a, a really, really fun, different one, and um, I think it is pretty cool how many um, cool female characters that don't feel like classic Bendis female characters. Yes, none of them are like hard drinking, like super sweary. They're all like different. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. These these books are really fun. And yeah, absolutely. Art, I much prefer Gatos's art on this than I did on the Jessica's own series that. Uh, came out last year yeah absolutely and it's so nice seeing uh bender still able to kind of flex his creative muscles and do things that are so different to what we came to really expect from him at marvel i feel like at marvel he really developed like a bendis marvel house style and everything yep. started just feeling exactly the same and mm-hmm. you knew exactly what you were going to get and i think the most exciting thing about him coming over to dc is i have no idea what to expect from a bendis book anymore yeah. and i think that's really fun definitely um, so the final Jinx World book uh, is United States versus Murder, Inc., issue number two. Um, this is uh, featuring art by Michael Avon Oeming, who created the series of Bendis uh, many years, a couple years ago. Colors by Taki Soma. Um, and uh, a brilliant-looking book. Again, another one, another crime book. Um, I do love a good crime book, and Bendis uh, does too. Writes lots you of sure them. does. Um, and, uh, yeah, this, this book basically is about, like, um, uh, another crime family. This one's, like, more mafia kind of style family um, who... Uh, we see a young, a young girl um, after her father dies, basically uh, rise up the ranks of the family. And uh, in her final kind of mission, she has to fight. Or, sorry, like uh, what's what's the mafia equivalent of pledging? <laughs> she has to prove herself by mm. taking down a um, a very big uh, dude. Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. after she 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 disposes of him, she's then sent on a mission to basically kill the man who raised her. Oh no! Yeah, and uh, so it's a uh, it's it's it gets pretty heavy in this book. Um, but she's reunited with, um, I think, the character from the first series okay. of this. But it doesn't really matter if you haven't read it. It does a pretty good job of kind of catching up to speed of what, this char- what these characters' relationships are. But obviously, if you already have an attachment to them, it'll be a richer read for you. Um, I'm really enjoying this. I, I, it's good to read a Michael Avon Oeming book that makes sense mm-hmm, after mm-hmm, that... Mm-hmm. Um, Cave Carson. Cave Carson book um, through Young Animal. Um, yeah, it's good. These are all really good books, and uh, Bendis is doing great work on them. Yeah, cool. So that's it for DC. Let's move over now to Image. Um, and you've good you've image week. Up my, my oh, I'm piles. sorry. There we go. It's fine. They're unfutzed. We're fine. Uh, yeah, really good Image Week um, with some of our favorite books and also some strong issues from books that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I do love this one. Um, one book that I didn't like this week. Let's start with that. Um, oh, I didn't read this. I can't remember what this is. What the, what the, num- the numerals mean? Yeah. Um, MCMLXXV. 
um, is a book by Joe Casey and Ian Mesawan, um, which is about a... Um, Surely it's McEwen, but anyway. McEwen, you're right. Yep, it's 100% McEwen. <laughs> yeah, you, you corrected me last time. But you're just far more, uh, far more connected to your home world. Absolutely. Tiddly D, etc. Um, but uh, so yeah, this is uh, also the, that's probably a Scottish name, right? You know? uh, it's got an A. Yes. Yes. Okay, well, there so you probably go. Scottish. Um, so this is uh, yeah, set in New York. We have a taxi driver who uh, is basically fighting monsters. But in this, she is uh, kind of taken to the monster world, and um, this is way more kind of like, oh, youngling, you have much to learn, and right. blah 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 blah, and. Um, I don't know. I just it, it was too much too soon in the second issue. I, I liked how like kind of fun and pulpy the first issue yeah. was, and this kind of stops being fun really quickly. The art by McEwen is excellent, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't like uh, the writing by Joe Casey at all on this, which is a bummer. Mm. Funny to see like Joe Casey started like quite a few books uh, in single issue format uh, over the last couple of months. He's got another one starting very soon with Benjamin Mara called Jesus Freak. Okay, um, but he uh, I, I really liked his series Sex. Yep. Um, which made the move from single issue to trade last year, and we haven't seen the first uh, trade yet. But I just wonder, like, if he decided that was the right way to go with that series, which wasn't any different to any other single issue kind of book I was reading at the time. Besides, maybe it's content matter. Maybe he can be a bit more graphic in a. In, obviously, it's a book. It's called Sex. But mm. like, I don't. Why are you then just starting a whole bunch of other series that mm. are in single issue format if you've decided that trade is the way to go? I don't know. Interesting. Anyway. An interesting choice. Anyway, I, I, I love the art in this book, but I, I'm not going to keep reading it. Yeah, I may, fair enough. I may flick through it on the stands in the future, but uh, that'll be that. What book do you want to talk about first? Um, well, uh, should I just talk about one that I read that you didn't? Go for it. I read issue five of Stella by Joseph Keating and Stella. Brett Blevins. Exactly. So this is the kind of um, retro-futurist um, sci-fi book. It feels very 70s, I would say. Right. Um, I love the art by Brett Blevins, and it's also sort of a a, a kind of sci-fi futury uh, superhero book. I think I'm I'm gonna make it to the end um, reading it in single, but I want to go back and reread it in graphic novel uh, or trade once it's all published, um, just because uh, it's all the story is not told in a totally linear fashion. It jumps right. around and I've sort of forgotten bits and pieces, but the art is so, yeah, so awesome gorgeous art. that I'm so willing to just go along for the ride in these issues. It is, uh, beautiful and gory and heartbreaking and, um, very, very personal feeling. Um, I think this is definitely one I've, I'll let you all know when it comes out in trade, because I think this is super worth, um, Worth your time. Really worth checking out. It's so good. Look at that. Look at that big gory punch to her face. That's fun. Look at all these beautiful, teeth flying everywhere. Beautiful, sexy, and gory. Great stuff. Um, I didn't read Skyward this week either. I, I didn't didn't get added to my pile. Huh. that's dumb. Um, this is not those, the those staff sure are. They sure are. What a bunch of assholes. Um, this is not the best issue of Skyward. Skyward by any means, but still an enjoyable read. Still a great series. This uh, is the book where gravity is turned off. Yes, and written by oh someone Henderson, Joe Henderson, art by Lee Garbett, um, colors by Antonio Fabella. And this, she fights a whole bunch of giant dragonflies, and we are introduced to a group of rebels who live outside of the main city in the crazy anti-gravity world. Um, yeah, it's, and it's cool. It's interesting. Yeah, it just seems like uh, less kind of like. 
the the city that we were in was, was seems a bit more interesting than just in a bu- big forest full of giant bugs. But there's people in it as oh, well, wow. so it turns out it could be interesting. Do they ride the giant bugs? They do. Hell yeah! I'm Look on board. at it. They ride butterflies. Oh cool! I'm going to read this tonight. It's cool. It's good fun. Um, all right. Well, now we can go on some books that we did read. Um, did you read Cemetery Beach? I did. Great Cemetery Beach. Uh, I got the sweet Mike Mignola cover. Oh, oh wow, that's amazing! It's right. It looks like Hellboy. Oh no, it's someone. It's someone it, in they're, the style they're doing of Hellboy. It. Yeah, it's Jason Howard in the style of Hellboy. That's Gorgeous hilarious. Song. That's, a, that's that's the first issue of Hellboy. That's great. Um, yeah, so uh, Cemetery Beach, uh, written by Warren Ellis, with art by Jason Howard, um, and uh, I like the tagline: "Utopia is murdery." Good. <laughs> Tells you everything you need to know, right? That's uh, that's uh, that's, oh, that's on mine. Yeah, that's an that's EPO good. one. That's a that's a variant tagline. Um, yeah, so the uh, the kind of gist of this series is that um, many years ago, a bunch of uh, uh, some of uh, people from Earth like set, left Earth and settled uh, a colony on in space or on the moon. Is it on the moon? I don't know where. Space. Yeah, and um, now many years after that, um, Earth have uh, sent um, a, a lone soldier to infiltrate the society and see what's going on and report back to Earth. Um, and uh, it's a it's a war zone. It's it's terrifying, and it's up to him and a prisoner who has like he's been genetically modified with like robot parts mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to escape. Um, and it's really fun. It's you know Warren Ellis writing just like totally tightly plotted action yep. and fun with like great quips from uh, badass characters. Um, and uh, that's my favorite kind of Warren Ellis book. Absolutely. Um, and Jason Howard uh, after after doing such a, a, a kind of weird. Warren Ellis book in trees last mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, over the last couple of years. It's this fun much seeing more straightforward. him. Just a really crazy action book. Yeah, really enjoyable. Super enjoyable. So yeah, really enjoying this um, and, and where it's going to go. Absolutely. Um, flavor this week. Great, great oh, issue. Man, I love this book so much. So much. Uh, so he's make, talking about making the move to trade. This is the last arc of this series that's going to be in single oh, issue. Really? Yes, yeah, so this is the last Aww. chapter of Flavor presented in the single issue form. We'll have more news on what's next for Zoo and the crew in the future. Oh, I'm disappointed by that because I've really been enjoying this in the singles. But um, if that's what works best for them, then go for it. Yeah, so this is written by Joseph Keating with art by Wook Jin Clark and colours by Tamara Bonvalon. Just the most beautiful colours. Yep. Um, and, of course, you have food consultant Ali Buzari uh, offering up uh, kind of food, like a, a backward ba- a footnote on mm-hmm. food at the end of, the, uh, of, the is- of each issue. Uh, but, yeah, the, book, the bulk of this book is about a, a, a cooking competition um, that... Uh, our main character has uh, been entered into um, and all of her family's life savings have been spent to, for, so she could enter this competition. And in this, But it might not be enough. Yeah, she learns that she can't even win money mm. in this issue. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's really like, it, it basically the next issue is going to be super fun because it's going to be the actual cooking competition itself. Um, and we learn that there's some like weird sinister stuff, uh, kidnapping children and that kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun, Absolutely. right? Kidnapping That's children. Fun. I love fun. it. Um, but yeah, like just uh, gorgeous, fast-paced, food-based battles with great sort of comedy moments and really touching uh, sort of human moments, and then also this cool, overarching, spooky plot that you don't know much about yet. Cool kidnapping children, the cool coolest thing to kidnapping do. Kidnapping children, love it. Love doing it. Love everybody. pushing children off a big wall. Yeah, that's what happened in the comic. Not me. <laughs> Um, I also really love the character of the judge who's just eating ice cream yeah. and re- refusing to talk to the characters. So good. Yep, good. Book Jin Clark's artwork is so good. So good. So good. It's like, um, I say this every time, but it's like a beautiful Miyazaki movie. Yep, totally agree. 
Um, and it feels like that too, with the, how, how well realized the world is too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gideon Falls return this month, issue number seven, written by on, uh, Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Dave Stewart. Um, and uh, oh, got a chill just like opening up the book. Yeah. Um, so this one, after like everything kind of came to a head at the end of last issue, this kind of uh, sees our characters picking up the pieces. They're out of out of some of them are out of hospital uh, on the mend. Others are kind of accepting that. Uh, they can't just move on to the next town. This is going to be the town that they're going to be uh, working as a priest at mm-hmm. um, for, for some time now. And meanwhile, we have uh, our um, the duo of uh, patient and, um, and doctor, therapist, therapist um, who have now decided to work together to help build, build the barn. black barn that uh, the, the patient was seeing in his dreams, that now his uh, therapist is too, uh, only to find themselves interrupted by a sinister um, kind of doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's so much going on in this. Yeah. this. This is almost horror-free for the for the for the most part of this issue, and then just a really frightening last couple of pages. I yep, loved absolutely. when I loved the flashback uh, scene, yep. uh, which is absolutely real-world ho- horror as yep. opposed to kind of like you know sinister dark forces. Um, but I love the change up in art style. Uh, it's way less scratchy than what Sorrentino has been doing elsewhere in the series so far, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but with brilliant panel layouts and uh, the colors are a bit more vibrant. I love that. Yeah, really good. Um, Fucking cool issue. Great series. Absolutely. And he continues to sort of uh, push the barriers of like all the boundaries of what you would normally do in a comic and we're always trying to like surprise you with different panel layouts yeah. and the way the pages are. Totally. It's just it's just a really, really great horror comic. It's the least Lemire Lemire book. But I'm just I'm I'm so constantly in awe of Lemire. Like every single week I feel like I read a minimum of two excellent Jeff Lemire comics. And like I'm never disappointed and I'm always like surprised by what he's doing. I just don't totally. un- I don't understand how, how he's this good. How does he do it? How does he do it? Um, it's a Lemiracle. Pretty good, That's right? That's really good. That was really good. <laughs> um, a New World, issue number four. <sighs> I love uh, I, I love this comic book so much. Even though I thought this is like one of the weaker issues so far and it's four issue run. I think it's just um, the best issue so far. Wow, crazy. But the things people think and they're so different. <laughs> um it was just, a, I think it was a little harder to follow than the other issues have been. You know, I spent a lot of time explaining what happened in this comic to um, Nate, but I think because I spend the, the, so... Sorry, sorry the, the canonically lovely Thank Nate. You so much. Um, very confusing, I know. Uh, I spend so long looking at each of these panels because it's so gorgeous and Tradmore has put so much detail and so much thought into every single panel um, that I feel like I'm, I followed it sure. fine. So this is the uh, kind of like crime-fighting reality show gone wrong comic? Future. Future, future sci-fi, set in the future where, bounty hunter. Yeah, it's a bounty hunter uh, teaming up with uh, the someone that she was the political prisoner that she was hunting. Yep. Um, and now they have to team up, but there's so many forces stopping them from doing that. And also, they're in love. Yes. But they don't really like each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite panels of the series so far came from uh, one of the guys who works for the government um, being surrounded by his family on the phone to the president, um, and the just the, the insanity going around around him it's just his family like cooking dinner and crying and playing and there's mess everywhere but it's the most insane colorful technicolor mess ever i just and there's so much so much in those 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 panels alone Trad, yeah. Trad Moore is just something else he's just unbelievable and like I think the things that I've always been like oh yeah it's a very Trad Moore thing to have like a lot of uh, like have very dynamic action like lots of movement that's all the stuff that I expect but I wasn't really anticipating with this book um the incredible, like, gorgeous, detailed faces and yep. emotion that he's able to convey and uh, just personality that he gives everyone. I think it's such a 
such an extraordinary comic. Yeah. I so love it. I was really loving it until like the, the, the I guess I got, I, got, I got a bit confused in the final pages where yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on and maybe we're not meant to know exactly what's going on, but I think it's I think it's not necessarily super clear what's happening. As far as I can tell, they're it, teaming up to go back and rescue his friends. Yep. And um to do that they're setting a trap for the bounty hunters that I think that the father is going to sacrifice himself in some way to save the kid's friends. Right. I don't want the... the uh, dad's I know, I love the dad. Yeah. He's like a, a Japanese Wolverine. Yes, definitely. Um, anyway, I, I'm still loving the series. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, I, it's I, like, you know, very comic book reference without being obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and the, the art is so, so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the better things that Alice Cott has written, I would um, say. So final uh, issue we're going to talk about right now is Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, issue number 39, which was a uh, uh, bump, bumper-sized uh, bunch of extra pages in this issue. Um, I assumed that this was going to be ending at issue 40. I mean, to be honest, I assume this is going to be ending at issue 8, mm. like the uh, last miniseries in, this, uh, in Stray Bullets uh, did. But we're, we're, here we are, 39 issues in, and I saw that it's solicited all the way through to issue 42 at this point. Um, and David Lapham, who writes and draws this book, is also starting a new book that comes out next week uh, through... Uh, um, Burger Books? Burger Books, which is... No, no, not Burger Books. Um, no, it is Burger. No, yes. No, it is the other one. Black Crown? Black Crown. Black Crown. Um, what's it called again? Uh, the Lodger? The Lodger. Yeah, yeah. Lodgers. Um, make sure everyone gets that. I think it's yeah. going to be really, really good. Apparently, it's a great, it's a great interview with uh, David and Maria Lapham, his wife, who also works with him on this. Um, and it's really, really funny and amusing. Cool. I know nothing about what the comic is about. I'm super excited. I, I just can't wait. Um, but Stranger it's one of my favorite series, so much so that I realized that they're selling a bunch of art on, on website. So I'm going to buy my first ever piece of original art, one of my Woo! favorite covers. That's cool. You okay? That's cool. Is, is it cooler to like get him to draw something for me or buy a cover to a comic that already exists? I mean, depends on the cover. Depends what you were going to get him to draw. I'll show you. I'll show you the two options for covers ah. that I'm thinking about getting. But with me, with solicitations, I never know. Uh, like, I don't have like a character that I love more than any other character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I always like the idea of getting a sketchbook full of people's versions of a specific character. Like, I know someone who does that with Zatanna and right. stuff like that. And I always think that's super cool. Um, but I've, I've never been bothered. And original art is expensive. Yeah, it's. It, but I am dumb enough to spend it on that. But I'm also dumb enough to like. If I was to choose a character, it would be like a really dumb character that I don't even like. Dupe. No, but like, like, oh, it, like imagine having like, like a hundred of the greatest artists in existence all do their take on Stewie Griffin. <laughs> like That's classic. Imagine like, That's really good. Like Stan Sakai. Like, yep. Do, like, oh, yeah, but Stan, can you make it say, um, I'm going to kill Lois. Oh, that's pretty funny, right? Like just having this like unbelievably value worthless notebook with incredible talent doing the worst amazing. thing ever. I yeah. love that. Anyway, Stray Bullet, Sunshine and Roses is a, a brilliant crime comic um, that I saw shades of when I watched um, uh, Bad Times of El Royale. Oh, is um, that good? It is. I really loved the first two thirds and then I hated the final third. I feel like um, that about most movies. Hurry up is my note to most movies. Uh, it's a massive tonal change and unfortunately uh. that uh, is also when Chris Hemsworth finally shows up. Uh. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I went in thinking that he was going to be my favorite thing about the movie, but he was one of the, my least favorite things. Whoa. Loved it, the ham. John Ham was great in it, though. I love John Ham. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, but uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, I don't know. I mean, it's just fun to see a, like Stray Bullets is, is a crime comic set in the, in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're my favorite kind of uh, stories. Love the past. Uh, love it. Such a good time to be alive in the yeah, past. Way um, better. But uh, 
yeah, this is just like just such a tragic story of like you know getting to know characters, knowing that they're all going to die horrible, yeah. violent deaths at some point. Uh, I love it. It's the best series ever, and uh, everyone should read it. End review. Nice. Um, so now we move over to other publishers this week, and we've got one Dark Horse book, one Abstract book, and one Vault book. And I also have one Scout Comics book. Let's start with that. The um, Mall, the this mall one. issue two. This has been, it was a long time between issues, and I think maybe that's why we didn't have too many copies on the shelf, because I think they probably orders dropped off a little bit. Um, an important lesson for you all. <laughs> this is written by Don Handfield and James Hake III, with um, art by Raphael Lurero. And you didn't, did you not read the first issue? No, I forgot to. And I told you about it, and you were like, well, that sounds crazy. Yeah. So it's about three kids who find out that they all had the same dad. They didn't know, but they all are related. They all went to school together. One's a jock, one's a nerd, one's a princess. Um, set in the 80s. And then they find out that their dad, who was a crime boss, has died and left each of them a store in this mall. And at the end of the last issue, they accidentally kill someone in the mall. And so this issue sees them covering up the murder that they've committed, <laughs> deciding that they're going to keep their stores um, and realizing that that probably means that they're going to have to fight a opposing mob at some point. Um, but it's also just like high school stuff. So they all have to go to high school they all have to pretend not to know each other not pretend you know that they're not friends kind of um, and dealing with their own personal lives and I really like this comic it's oh, really silly the first issue still available I don't know I'll have a look for you um, but I up. really like go to your local comic book store if they don't have it ask them to get it in because it's really good fun um the final scene shows the nerd going look man you need to fit in with the other jocks just give me a wedgie it's the first day of high school you have to seem cool give me a wedgie um, and I like it I like it a lot it's a good comic that's great damn it gotta catch up um, let's talk about the uh, Submerged uh, which is a book coming out through Vault written by Vita Ayala with art by Lisa Stirl um, I love this comic even though you could sort of tell where it was going from reasonably early on I think that it's been such a rewarding journey throughout yeah, this definitely. whole series I think knowing where a story is going is fine if the execution is great absolutely and this one definitely is uh, Colors by Stelladia um, and letters by Rachel Deering so an all female uh, creator team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's uh, all ones that we've celebrated in the past too uh, but uh, this is yeah basically um, tells the story of a, a sister and a brother who um, have a shit dad who is uh, a criminal mm-hmm. and um, while the daughter rejects her father, um, and so does this, the, 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 her brother in a way, but he's just more drawn to the same life that his father was a part of. Um, and this sees her eventually basically like giving up on her brother after being let down by him so many times and then realizing that, that like he's in trouble at this point because of something she said to him in the past and he's finally willing to turn over a new leaf, but it may be too late for her to save him. And then she goes on this crazy journey. Uh, this like really uh, like classic, almost Greek... Uh, Greek myths and legends style journey through the underworld through a um, series of trains in the subway, abandoned trains that all reflect various points in her life and her relationship with her brother and her own personal sort of growth as a human um, as she searches for her brother and comes up against a sort of mythological version of her father that she has to defeat. I love this comic. Yeah, me too. I think it's so clever and it's so gorgeous. I love Lisa Stirl. I'll follow her to the ends of the earth. It's really good. Yeah, she's a great discovery. Um, yeah. I, I, everything that I've seen of her since, uh, what was that cool one? Long, Long Lost. Lost. Um, Which is coming back. I think they're going to do a second series. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. Um, but, uh, man, uh, this, is a, this is a really great issue of a, of a great series. I don't know how much longer it's going to go for, but it's one of my favorite Vault comics so far. Absolutely. Right up there with... Um, 
Heathen. Heathen. Love that book. I hope yeah. that comes back soon. This is just a very personal character study, I think. Yep. Um, and it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Really, really love it. Um, also coming out this week uh, is uh, Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, the 15th volume of this great series. Uh, it's written and drawn by Terry Moore, published by his, uh, through his own uh, publisher, um, Abstract Studio. Um, and uh, this is like uh, still telling the story of Kachu and um, Francine. Francine. Francine and Kachu, who are now married with children. And um, Kachu has been brought back into her old life as a, an assassin. Um, Parker girl. As a Parker girl. And she uh, has something that governments all over the world want a parchment uh, of papyrus um, that was written by Cleopatra. Yeah, which contains like a weird code that it could be very valuable to making armies. bombs. Yeah, and uh, so you have like these like really sweet glimpses into into Francine's home life, raising the children, while Kachu is like on this like awful uh, <laughs> fight for her life, fight for her life uh, through uh, Mexico. Um, and uh, man, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, it's so good. And of course, like elements of Kachu's life have made their way over to where Francine and the kids are which is the most scary thing of all um, and I loved that reveal where you have uh, Ku who is obviously the child that takes after Kachu um, mm-hmm. uh, of their two ch- children um, outside taking the garbage out on her way back smelling cigarettes mm-hmm. and just as she's like about to investigate where it comes from she's called in- inside to take a bath and uh the, the panel kind of zooms out a bit further when we see a bunch of uh, cigarette butts and then a mysterious shoe, which obviously uh, is, belongs to someone very dangerous that should not be anywhere near the, the children. Small babies. That we love. Um, great issue. Guys. Incredible. Just at some point, catch up on the entirety yep. of Strangers in Paradise. Or, or only read some of it and then just read this series. It's like still Shimondi. good, guys. <laughs> you can uh, still understand what's going on and it's still worth it. Great shit. Um, finally, and I said this to last for a reason, Black Hammer, Age of Doom, issue mm, number six. Mm, mm. My goodness, Shinbone. I love Jeff Lemire. He's the best. It's a little and miracle. And I love Rich Tommaso. Uh, yeah, so um, after a crazy realization at the end of um, issue number five of this series, um, we then uh, have this like totally wacky series uh, featuring um, Colonel Strange. Is that his name? Colonel Captain Weird. Weird. Colonel Weird, um, who is in this like realm of forgotten characters of characters that don't belong to their story anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the entire thing is drawn by Rich Tommaso which is such a great pick for to someone so to draw like this weird and wonderful comic book world um, that's uh, constantly changing and of course like Lemire's gotten especially good with this series of uh, incredible final page reveals and mm-hmm. the one at the end of this one is just wonderful it's yep. great and I love that you know we're introduced to so many new characters in this issue and because they they pull just enough from comic book history. You already know exactly what that character is, right? Like, just from seeing what their outfit and, like, name is. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's just profoundly clever. And it's absolutely, like, a, it's a love letter to comic books and superheroes. I just noticed that in the back, in the um, Hammer Time letters page, there's a letter from John Allison. That's oh, really? Nice. That's amazing. Um, also comic creator. And there's a really gorgeous uh, pinup, and I, I don't know who that's by. And I'm trying to figure it out because it's so nice. Um, it's by uh, Tyler Bentz and Bruno Selig. Okay, cool. Um, and wow, you can, you can, so good. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I get him on to do an entire arc, please. That's great shit. I just think like the whole Black Hammer universe has been, it has been such a short period of time and they have done so much with it. Mm-hmm. And it is so ambitious and it is so clever and it is so 
consistently great. I think it's such an impressive thing that he's done. I'm so constantly in awe of Jeff Lemire and what he does. Yeah, it's one of the, the greatest things to come out of comics in a, in, in a long time, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you love superhero comics in any way, then this is a comic for you. Definitely. And, and I think even if you you know only like a particular kind of superhero comic, this will introduce you to other kinds of them that you can then go and track down what it will, what influenced this kind of story and and see what what made Lemire fall in love with comics enough to tell a story like this. Absolutely, so good and a great one to end on. Although Siobhan, the show doesn't end here because as soon as we hit stop on this episode, we're then going to talk about some trades that we've read, so some graphic novels that we've read recently. Again, great. we're going to be talking about some Jason books. Yep, on the Camino and. Left Bank Gang. Left Bank Gang. And I'm going to talk about My Brother's Husband, Volume 2, by Gungaro Tagami. And My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, by um, Ed Brubaker and um, Sean Phillips and his son, Jacob Phillips, on Colors. Yeah, I got um, that wrong, and Sean Phillips told me off on Instagram. So I thought it was Betty Brightweiser. Oh, right. No, yeah. I'll show you the, the internals. It's very, very different. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, if you want to hear that, head over to patreon.com slash Podcast, and $5 a month will get you, um, you know, four to five bonus post-show episodes every single month and we're going to be doing a bunch of interviews soon yes that's very true so get on it guys get on it um, because we've hit a tier where we need to interview people because we yep. said we would and only Hey Fam is the podcast where everyone's okay with us breaking our promises <laughs> constantly surely that's one of the tiers right yeah uh, broken it, promises yeah, bro- <laughs> if we hit this amount of money we'll break promises perfect <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening um, we'll be back next week with a whole bunch of uh, new reviews of hopefully wonderful comics um, you got to assume I've put my phone somewhere and it's, I can't find it so I can't tell you what's coming out but baby there it is there's some great ones um, maybe you know just pick up uh, that one I said the David Laffin one. Oh yeah that looks really good what's it called Lodges Lodges pick it the up Lodger, everybody Dark like Horse yeah gonna be good or IDW I think it's IDW put that one out who knows I don't know we'll man. never know who knows who could, who could say uh, thank you so much for listening and see you in the post show if you're a Patreon supporter if not become a Patreon supporter do it if not see you next week bye, bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.